0: Welcome to the J&O Podcast. You know, Josh, we've been wanting to have more guests come on. And with Father's Day coming up, we kind of thought, hey, why not ask one of the greatest guests we could ever ask of all time? We brought it up in other episodes, so why not uh, have the fans meet him?
1: No, absolutely. And I mean, like we do with every episode, we don't do it unless we're going to go big. And this time, we're going as big as it gets.
0: It's bigger than big. Let's let's just introduce our guys. We got to get them out of here.
1: Okay. All right. Bring them in. Bring them in from the green room. Uh, Scott. S- yep yeah, bring, Scott. Bring in br- Mr. Jacob from the green room.
0: This is my father, Mr. Jacob himself, Robert Jacob.
2: Thanks, Jason and Josh. It's a pleasure to
1: be here. Wow, I am speechless already. <laughs> Check out my arms, Josh.
0: I mean, Goosebump City. We were kind of thinking, you guys, we've kind of talked about our experience. We both worked for my dad for several years. Uh, He kind of got us into, uh, you know, the business. So we thought it would be kind of cool to maybe ask some questions, uh, you know, about that.
1: Yes, I mean, I guess... um Mr. Jacob, if I may call you that. As Jason mentioned, you and I both both worked for you for for quite a long time, and much of that time overlapped. Um, What were some of the positives and negatives of having your son and nephew working for you?
2: Well, when you first started, the way to get you to work for me was to go to the Sam's Club, take a cart, and tell you you could put anything in the cart you wanted, and you both chose...
0: I, I You got to tell, what do we choose, Dad? I can't even remember don't this. I don't even
1: remember this. You
2: got a better memory than me, Mr. Jacob. Well, you used to like to make movies, and you put a camcorder in the cart. I guess from how long we've been
1: doing this whole podcasting game, now I forgot that we did start off making movies.
0: Great movies. I mean, <laughs> and I, I do remember this now, Dad, because I think I told you that we would make you a, a commercial <laughs> for, for, for the REJs, and, and we actually did try to do that. Uh, what do you think that came out, Josh? Do you think that was professional or?
1: Um, we shot it in the, uh, the in your backyard and in the in the driveway at probably ten forty-five at night with no lighting. I think there was a single light bulb on the house about twenty feet from where we were shooting, so no, it didn't turn out real well with no script and. No, and with the two teenagers acting in it, not
0: real great. yeah, it, it wasn't the greatest it, greatest thing. But yeah, I, I do remember that is actually how we got to start. Dad, you actually had to bribe us and buy us this camcorder, and, and we were pretty much indebted to the guy.
1: And I think you, um, and maybe this is how I even got involved. Is I'm guessing you kind of signed us up that we would not
2: only from the commercial perspective, but you we would work this off exactly. Yes.
1: What
0: do you think our work ethic was like? <laughs>
2: Well, Josh is our longest standing employee. He has the title of accounting manager. And Jason, at one time, was the chief information officer (laughs) along with human resource manager. So they both worked during the summers while they were going to college and during the tax season. And during the summers, it was a struggle to keep you both employed. That's an
1: understatement, Mr. Jacob, and uh, I think, just to even paint the picture, folks, so with my uh, title as accounting manager and Jason being both the HR uh, manager as well as the CIO, uh, we were both in our very early 20s at the time, so I think um, Mr. Jacob was being very generous with those titles that he bestowed upon us.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I actually lived up to an actual chief information officer, (laughs) or human resources manager, but... It, it definitely helped us uh, in the long run with, uh, you know, you getting a great job, me getting a great jobs. So, you know, we're very indebted to uh, Mr. Jacob over here. Um, you know, me and Josh have kind of brought up, we don't use the real names no. because, you know, we're not those kind of guys. We're not going to put anybody on blast. But, you know, we kind of had a couple questions because we've brought it up in other episodes. Do you have a,
2: a most annoying
0: client you can think of come off the top of your head, Dad?
2: Well, most of our clients come in because they have real problems, either tax or accounting problems. And so a lot of people consider that annoying, but that's what we're in the business for. We're there to help them fix their tax and accounting problems. So once in a while, the people who are the most annoying are the ones who don't appreciate the service we're providing them. That's that's spoken like a true pro, Josh. He's not going to, you know, he knows what he, he, the client
1: privilege. He is not going to put anybody out there. No, and we have been grilling him on that because we've been trying to break him down before uh, this interview for hours, and he just, he won't break. He's not going to break.
0: Again, <laughs> Dad, um, this is another question that we had, and and I don't know. We
1: might be incriminating ourselves with this, honestly, because it could easily be one of us. Um, it's probably one of us. I think it's you. Yeah. Um, but... You, I mean, we were obviously two employees of yours. We remember a lot of coworkers that we had over the years that we thought were, you know, let's say maybe, you know, peculiar or just odd people um, or just maybe not very good at what they do. Did you have any particular, and again, not no naming names, but any particular employee that you thought was maybe the most troublesome, most annoying, most difficult?
2: Well, over the 40 years we've been in business, we've employed over 200 people. So you're asking me to look back through 200 different names. Uh, but the one that sticks out is one of our most current people we let go. Uh, she had uh, graduated from a, a major university and uh, she had worked for three other accounting firms. And one of the little red flags that I should have caught was we could never talk to one of her supervisors. It was always a coworker. And this person just didn't use, you know common courtesy like the please and thank you in, in life. It was always get me this, get me that. I'm an accountant. I deserve this. So, and a lot of people are like that. They think because they have a position or a title, that people will respect them. And you you earn respect by giving respect to other people. Yeah,
0: I, I can't agree more with that uh, statement, Dad. Uh, you've always given you know your employees respect, and and we've always appreciated it. Thanks again, Dad. <laughs> All right, Dad, what I really wanted to ask you, um, I'm not a father as of yet, and either is Josh. Um, I mean, we do have animals who we consider our, you know, our ba- Yeah, our children, our babies. Um, but, you know, one day we will probably have some human children. Could you give us any advice uh, with raising a family, stuff you wish you would have known, you know, early on uh, as, a, as a young father?
2: I inherited two children when I married your mom. So I had quite a bit of responsibility on the offset coming into the marriage. And so I had to work a full-time job and I had the REJ's accounting and tax service, which was maybe about a fifth of the size it is now. And because I was a pretty high up employee, I felt I had to go back to school and get my MBA. And on top of that, I was president of the Accounting Association. So I tried to do way too much in a short period of time. And my wife was home with the three kids, and she needed help. And I was trying to make money and advance my career. So in hindsight, I probably should have slowed down a little bit and done this over a longer period of time instead of two years. Uh, and what kept me going was Thomas Edison only slept two hours a day, so I thought, well, if he can do it, I can do it, and I did. I did make it. I got my MBA in two years, but I found out that Thomas Edison took frequent naps, and I didn't have that opportunity. Uh so- Sometimes you're not the smartest uh, <laughs> <laughs> smartest guy, Dad, but, yeah,
0: it's good if you're going to, you know, sleep for two hours a night to maybe get some naps in there. Yep. You, 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 bring up a, <laughs> you bring up a lot of uh, a really good thing that I don't really hear a lot of people discuss. Um, you said you inherited two children. Uh, I mean, that's an obstacle for a lot of families, especially if uh, you know, divorce is so rapid. A lot of people get into relationships, and yeah, they do have children from a previous relationship. Did that ever cause you any issues? Would, is that something you'd want to comment on?
2: Well, the, the one problem right off the bat was my oldest son, Matthew, had been kind of neglected by his natural father and he would be sitting out on the porch waiting for his dad to pick him up and he would never show so I was told by my lovely wife Mary I could never let Matt down because he's been let down so many times so that was an additional burden if I told Matt I was going to do something I had to do it because he had been let down so many times So, you know, in hindsight, it would have been nice not having that burden to live up to, but, you know, I thought I was a good dad to Matt and Autumn, and then we had our own baby, Jason, and I tried to treat all three like they were my naturally born kids. No, I I think you've definitely
0: succeeded. Um, Yeah, I didn't even know we were step-siblings or anything like that until I I got older uh yeah i i think autumn and 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 matt would uh agree that you never treated them any different than than me
1: okay um i'm gonna actually flip the script a little bit here um, i know you and i meticulously worked out all the questions we wanted to ask what we thought was cool to ask um yeah let's not go off script n- no i'm mm-hmm. um, sorry i have to i don't know the next opportunity i'm gonna get to talk to this man one-on-one um i could probably call him anytime actually but um I actually, uh, and this is another thing that's going to be breaking news for the JNL. No, 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 oh. I I got to get this off. It's been, too, it's been too much on my chest. Get your hand out of my mouth. Um, this has been weighing on me. I got to tell everybody. You have a
0: huge female fan base. I you know, have a huge homosexual fan base. Well,
1: they're going to be they're going to be burning their Josh T-shirts and their Josh dolls, probably. But you know what I. The hell with it, I got to say it. I'm getting married this summer, um, about a month from now, and actually the man who's marrying me is Mr. Jacob, which, I mean, honestly, for me, uh, probably not for him at all, but for me is honestly such a dream come true. Even when I was not even in a relationship, I thought if I ever do get married, the person I would want to perform that ceremony is Mr. Jacob. Um, There's just nobody else. I, I don't have that kind of connection or affiliation with any sort of church or organization like that, and even if I did, there's no one that could fill those shoes. But I got to ask him while I got him here for a newlywed, for a man entering into the union of marriage. What advice do you have? You uh, have been married to my beautiful Aunt Mary for, I believe, 38, 39 years. Um, what can you tell me as I'm getting ready to take that to take that bro- take that path?
2: Well, actually, it's been 35 going at 36, Shit. but we've <laughs> uh, we dated before that. So 38, we've known each other. Uh, But one of the rules me and my wife uh, have tried to live by is not to go to bed angry at each other. And sometimes I would have to drive 40 miles to Monroe, get myself a hot cup of coffee, and drive back to cool off uh, to accomplish that. And that's probably sane advice for any married couple. Get away from the situation, calm down, and then go back and... Most of the times, we both apologize simultaneously to each other. That was something stupid one of us said, and it it works itself out.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice. And, you know, I've only been married four years, and that's great advice. Uh, And you gave me that advice right off the bat, Dad, when me and Melissa uh, were tying the knot. Just, you know, never go to bed angry because, you know, it's just not a good idea. It just adds more problems. So that is great advice.
1: Jace, I, do you think this is the perfect opportunity to ask him that question about his best friend's bike? I, do, we don't. Yeah. Do you I, think uh, he'll tell us finally? Finally.
2: Yeah. We,
0: it's it's got to be a great story. Let's do it.
2: Well, I was always a pretty big kid in high school. I was like the same size I am now, about 5'11". And even though I was only 12 years old, I was a, a big kid. And so I was always like a protector of the smaller kids, Little kids would come up to me, and somebody's picking on them. I would break up fights and stuff like that. So, this one day, three of the bad boys from the bad boy block. Uh, go with nowhere. We ain't uh, uh, nowhere. We can't stop now cause it's bad bad uh, Had my best friend Tommy, and they had his bike, and they were gonna like steal his bike. So I I yelled out, hey, what are you guys doing? Thinking that it was gonna be three against two now. And when I got there, Tommy grabbed the bike and rode away. So now it's three against one. And two of them had my arms, and the third one was punching me in the stomach. And I just got superhuman strength, and I basically took the two and threw them off. And banged a big guy in the face. Maybe that's the one punch you keep talking about. That's the
1: origin of one and punch.
2: And I chased them down the alley for a block and a half. Every day since then, if they saw me walking on one side of the street, they went to the other side. And so I got a reputation as being pretty tough. And then in the 8th grade, everybody wanted to pick a fight with me. And every time it was one punch, it would be like, shooting around, and it would be, bam, and they were on the ground. So I was kind of like the one-punch guy in the eighth grade, Uh, but it wasn't a mean one-punch. It was, you know, people picking on me or picking on other people, and I had to act fast. And for whatever reason, I had a quick right right fist, and I was able to knock out people pretty easy.
1: So as much as you were known as One Punch, we remember you telling us about a time where the One Punch didn't necessarily have the same effect. Could you share that with us?
2: Well, you know how you go to college and you do stupid stuff? And uh, we were having a red death party, which is kind of a drink that tastes like red bagel pop. And I had a few too many drinks, And I did a one-punch on an MSU football player who was uh, at least a foot taller than me and 150 pounds heavier. And the next thing I remember was waking up in my own bed uh, puking. That was it. So that was the end of the one-punches for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So if anybody can take take a lesson from this – Don't pick a fight with a Michigan State football player (laughs) who's 6'11". And (laughs) isn't your friend. Yeah, like 380 pounds. Like, just don't do it, guys. I love that you would stick up for the little guys and stuff like that, the guys who are being picked on. One question I wanted to ask Dad before we kind of end this is, you know, you've been such a great father to me. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't ask for a better, better father. I also couldn't ask for a better grandfather. John, Joseph, Jacob, no longer with us, but, you know, I, we had so many great memories. And can you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, your father? Well, he was a
2: very intelligent man. Uh, he scored the highest on the real estate broker exam. Uh, he did go to Columbia University and went to night school to get his high school diploma before World War II started. He was in the Coast Guard, he was a decor- decorated war hero, he was in seven major invasions. In fact, he was given last rites, so we're all miracles because we weren't, we weren't supposed to be here. Uh, he could speak seven languages. Uh, me and my younger brother once quizzed him A thousand questions from a thousand question book he got 999 questions right and we're not sure the one he got wrong was really wrong it's debatable so he was well read uh, and he was always loved all his grandchildren and great grandchildren he was a good dad Uh, he was basically the good cook he could cook my mom was not a good cook, but my dad was. So he was the cook. He was the one who got us ready for school. So he was kind of like a Mr. Mom a little bit. But you know, he was a he was a, you know athlete. You know, won golden gloves, boxer. So you know, he was he was a good man. And uh, we miss him. We lost him in 2006. The, the year that Tigers finally made it to the World Series, he was a big Tiger fan too, so we miss him.
0: Yeah, he, uh, Grandpa definitely would have loved uh, seeing the Tigers finally make a World Series after their long drought, and then he would have been bitching his ass off how they blew it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, we definitely miss him, and, you know, again, couldn't ask for a better father and a better grandfather.
1: All right, so, I mean, I think the only natural way to close this out and we're sorry to put you on the spot, Mr. Jacob, but there is a poem that you told us before. Um, would you be so kind as to recite that for us now so that it can live on forever in recorded sound?
2: Well, I was a track star at St. David's and Denby High School, and I wrote this poem as a senior at Denby High School. It goes something like this. There once was an ace who never lost a race. Until one fatal day, I believe in May, the great ace lost his first race. The gun was sounded, and nearly all had rounded, but one, the great ace, was left tying his shoelace. He laughed and said, Don't worry, I'll be ahead. And with speed and grace, he zoomed into first place. He was running backwards now, and with a frown, he said to Disgrace, how you like this pace? But aces, shoelaces, both broke from his feet. He skidded, he turned, he skid from his feet. Discouraged and worried, he got up in a hurry, but only to find he came in last place. Poor Ace.